There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, July 26th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about fashion, something we are, I'd say, both experts in. Right, Rob? Absolutely. <laughs> we're both wearing our uh, state school baseball caps right now. And company tees. Yeah. So fashionable. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Depop, a Gen Z gem in the internet's thrift store. Rob's going to tell you all about how it really started popping off during the pandemic. But before we get to that, we're going to do a quick rundown of what's happening in business and tech. Let's get crack a -lack. JC, what have you been looking at today? Yeah, so one thing I've been following is this big discussion online the last couple of days that's been happening around this stat that has to do with TikTok. Love a good stat. Love a good stat. And the stat is that as of late, around 39,000 TikTok accounts have a million or more followers. And why that's interesting is because that's more than the number of YouTube accounts that have a million followers. It's more than the number of Instagram accounts that have a million followers. And this is all despite the fact that TikTok is far younger than both YouTube and Instagram. I find this very interesting as an avid TikTok user, but it also makes complete sense to me when you think about the fact that TikTok is an entertainment platform. Its DNA is much closer to Netflix than it is, say, Facebook but the interesting thing here, and a lot of what the discussion that's happening now is about, is whether or not this is a good thing. And what I was thinking about is, if you're not actively trying to make a living off of TikToking, I think it's a great thing because you can just post a video and get a ton of followers overnight, do whatever you want with that. That's just how the app works. Where things get more nuanced is for those who are trying to make an income as a creator. Totally. Yeah, that's because the, the likely downside of more and more people being able to hit the million follower mark is that it you know, dilutes that title. It just becomes worth less when you say you have a million followers, right? So the downside is worse payouts. Already, some surveys I was looking at found that creators on TikTok are earning thousands of dollars less per month on average than on YouTube and Instagram. And it's really just a result of this kind of 15 minutes of fame idea being turned into an app. You know, it just dilutes the value of these followings. And brands, TikTok, and creators are going to have to kind of figure out case by case how to calculate the value of a million followers moving forward. Totally. To your point, I think if you're trying to monetize directly on the app, I think it's pretty clear that TikTok is behind Instagram and YouTube. But I do feel like it has this kind of relevancy that can mm. filter into other apps. I have this buddy from college, George Burge, who is mm. a country music singer. And he has this big following on TikTok, which he, he put out this song called Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck that like blew up yeah. on TikTok. And so I think he has like 200 30,000 TikTok followers or something like that. Yeah. And he's clearly not really monetizing on TikTok, right. but I think it's filtered a lot in like his Spotify streams and yes. it's helped him like lock in better deals with some other artists for like writing engagements and stuff like that. So I, I think there are kind of these like weird side benefits that you yes. can get outside of TikTok. But to your point, when you're looking at it from like just a direct monetization standpoint, TikTok clearly is leaving something to be desired there. <laughs> yeah. But that is a great point. You know, I think depending on the role, like for someone like your friend, a musician, 
having a lot of followers is a great thing because of all this downstream effects you mentioned. But if you're a random Joe Schmo, you know, I was watching this account earlier this morning. This guy just posts videos of himself slicing a piece of bread That's right. to music and it falls to the beat drop of whatever song the is beat playing. The beat drop. Like, yeah. Perfectly timed. And he has two million followers. <laughs> I'm like, are those two million followers really worth as much as 200,000 followers for a musician? Right. So that's the question. But it is interesting. All right. Anyways, in other news, uh, are you an NFL guy, by the way? I am. I am absolutely an NFL guy. Very nice. So then you're probably well aware that the NFL launched its own mobile streaming service named like everything else, NFL Plus. (laughs) Exactly. Getting real creative. Yeah. $4.99 a month and offers live games, NFL network shows, films across the NFL archives. I feel like this is really just the future of everything, direct to consumer streaming platforms. No, what was surprising to me about the NFL Plus is the cost, like just because it seems like the NFL is kind of always charging more for stuff. I was really surprised by the price because I think NBA TV is way more expensive than this. Mm. MLB TV is way more expensive than this. I was really surprised at the price. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Still not going to subscribe. <laughs> I respect that it's there. <laughs> I'm sure it'll go up over time. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> Moving along, we've got some low morale coming out of Lowe's. The company's offering full-time sales associates the option for a four-day work week in an effort to address ongoing complaints about a chaotic scheduling policy. Interesting because we've been hearing about this, I think, more in the tech space, really, as a perk kind of thing. But it actually, oddly enough, could make a lot more (laughs) tangible sense outside of the tech industry for, let's say, retail, where jobs are just like a lot more high stress. Oh, no doubt. And like a lot of these associates work like a certain amount of hours, right? And like if you can move those hours from five days to four and they can still kind of work the same amount of time, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And in other news, Meta's got a new music revenue sharing service that allows creators to earn ad revenue from Facebook videos with licensed music. Previously, creators couldn't monetize content using licensed music, so that is, I guess, good for them. And grill equipment company Weber saw its shares dip roughly 13% Monday after the company said its CEO is departing amid cooling sales, both in stores and online. This doesn't have anything to do with the price of hot dog prices going up 16% year over year in June, do you think? (laughs) We'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know. All right. And with that, I think it's time to discuss the fashion industry. So I will say my first job out of college was at Neiman Marcus. Oh, that's right. Very much a luxury fashion retailer. I will say I never got sucked into the the luxury fashion vacuum (laughs) and would not say that it really rubbed off on me much. I'm kind of a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. But to your point, Gen Z apparently loves fashion and Gen Z designers love Depop. And if you're not aware of Depop, it's basically like an Instagram feed type app that is essentially a marketplace where sellers can kind of like curate and sell all different items, whether it's theirs or it's secondhand merchandise or whatever it might be. And then buyers or users can just go on and kind of scroll through stuff that they like. And if they like it, they can buy within the app. It's just this really seamless experience. Yeah, they have a great slogan I I was looking at earlier, buy, sell, do it all over. They nailed it. It's like, and that will net us a lot of money. If you <laughs> <Yeah. follow> it. <laughs> it's funny because they're basically like a more aesthetically aligned Etsy. And it makes sense because Etsy bought them for $1.6 billion after they went crazy during the pandemic. But mm-hmm. they're more focused and more kind of aesthetically friendly. The story here, though, Depop has become this kind of launching pad for up and coming designers, especially like Gen Z designers sure. who start off with absolutely no following and then just completely blow up on the platform. Mm. Like in a lot of these cases, celebrities are like wearing these really kind of under the radar 
fashion brands. And like one of them was Olivia Rodrigo is like wearing somebody's merch on her tour or something like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's crazy what kind of distribution Depop can get some of these up and comers. So here's how it works. Like if you've never used Depop, super, super easy to use. Sellers can kind of upload and caption photos of the items that they're selling. And shoppers can just scroll through a designer's collection and purchase whatever they want within the app. Now, the thing that's interesting, so the app is totally free for shoppers, but sellers pay Depop 10% of their total transactions plus transaction fees. Mm. And those fees are one reason that some of these sellers are jumping ship. It reminds me a lot of Substack. I think Substack charges oh, the yes. exact same percentage for their writers. You know, And there's kind of this <laughs> idea within Substack that a writer eventually graduates from Substack, moves over to another platform or creates their own website or whatever. Yeah. Another reason that young designers are jumping ship from Depop is that while it might look like Instagram, it's not a social media platform. And so sellers basically say that it's really difficult to kind of build and foster relationships with customers beyond just transactions on the app. I can see that. Yeah, they can comment and buy, but like you can't really go back and forth and like get to know each other or anything like that. So where are these people who are leaving going to? Do we know? There are a bunch of different options. One of them is physical stores, which this is just so cool to me. One seller from Depop, her name's Emma Rogue, was selling secondhand items on the app and opened her own brick and mortar store for vintage clothes. So basically opened her own thrift store, which is super cool. Interestingly enough, so we've mentioned Instagram a bunch because of the look and feel of Depop. Instagram is a place where a lot of these young designers are moving. And I could see it becoming even more common as social commerce on Instagram gets even easier and has less friction. I mean, when you think about it, it makes a ton of sense. Like these designers will go on Instagram. They already mentioned that they can't really build a relationship with their audience or customers on Depop. They're using reels on Instagram to get feedback from customers and preview items and build montages. I was going to say, you know, if Depop wasn't bought by Etsy last year, I could see them being an acquisition target for TikTok. Totally. The interesting thing about this, though, so this kind of sounds like a terrible situation. It's almost like at a certain scale, Depop just doesn't really make sense for you anymore if you're an up-and-coming designer. But Depop doesn't really seem to be super worried about it. Their chief brand officer, who's this guy, Peter Semple, basically Mm -hmm. says that successful sellers have always used Depop as a launching pad and they move off all the time. This has been happening for a while. And basically when they leave, it attracts all these new designers in their wake and it opens up new room for new looks and feels and styles. Sure. And so it's kind of this cycle that they already have some experience with. The other thing to note is not all of these sellers are moving fully off of Depop. So a lot of them are just kind of diversifying their efforts with other platforms and still using Depop as a way to get in front of new people. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom. That's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co. Hope you have a truly terrific Tuesday, and we'll see you tomorrow.